You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey. We made a Disney podcast. Two friends since first grade, now dads, reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm JB Wagner. And I'm Eddie Ferguson. And on today's episode, we climb into a big piece of fruit and float to New York City to make sure (laughs) we're not eaten by a rhino like our parents were as we review James and the Giant Peach. But first, JB, how are you and the family doing? About as hesitant as uh, our intros for today's <laughs> for today's thing. We uh, we're recording this on uh, July 5th, and we, like everybody else, are a part of all the fireworks and festivities for July 4th, Independence Day. Um, spent our annual uh, July 4th watching National Treasure, the first one. Uh, That's that, a great tradition. It's become our tradition. We started uh, several years ago. Uh, I think 2014, maybe. I think it was when we started. 2013 or 2014, I went up to uh, Big Bear when I was still living in uh, Los Angeles and went up with a bunch of friends and we watched. Uh, we had nothing to do while we were just hanging out and we were like, anyone want to watch a movie? Like, ah, what, what? We should watch a 4th of July style movie. Someone was like, Independence Day? No, nah, I just watched that. And someone was like, what about National Treasure? And that's has then, and then we watched it the next year. And then uh, my wife sense. came up and it was you, basically every year on 4th of July, especially now that it's on, it's on Disney Plus. So now it's free for us. Pretty so easy. we watched that every single year at some point in it. And uh, my son loves it too. So um, he, he, I think after this one, he was like, that was a good movie. <laughs> he like gave us, gave the thumbs up. Um, the the thing that got kind of the sideways thumb is the love hate with my son and fireworks. Uh, so this is the second year in a row we went to a coworker's house and they're on a cul-de-sac uh, with many different uh, neighbor all neighbors all they come together and they throw like this little block party or whatever uh, grill out and then at the end of the day as it gets dark someone pulls out a bunch of fireworks and this year was amazing. They not only were f- setting off fireworks on the co- on the cul-de-sac so we're just like looking up into the sky and they were going off we can see 360 around us all these other neighborhoods that are all, all sending off their own individual fireworks there's not like a community this is the one you go see it's like all the rednecks get out and they pull out their fireworks and we're literally surrounded by them uh, but my son is not, he's both not a huge fan of loud, loud noises. And at one point decided that he was just going to, he was done and he walked, went back inside uh, our co-worker, the coworker's home. Uh, but then as we're leaving, he's come back out and he's now more intrigued by it. He's wearing these massive uh, headphones that you would wear yeah. at like uh, whatever, the, a, a drag a NASCAR, race. NASCAR yeah. race or something like that. Um, Monster truck rally. He's wearing he's wearing those. Wow! Did we grow up in Indiana? Oh yeah, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> the uh, so he's wearing that, but he's he's both loving it and also hating it. And then as we're trying to leave, he is trying to run out and touch the fireworks because he wants to hold a firework. Sure, sure. 
and it's just it's just chaos and we kind of started with they started with some small ones like smoke bombs and sparklers and other things but then we're like they set off a few early that were like more dangerous and so then we're like mm. ripping him out of the cold attack like you have to stay on the grass but he's not wanting to so then i have him on my shoulders it was chaos but all in all it was a cool night so but fun we the same thing happens here everybody is shooting off fireworks even though the town is doing like a giant display just right over there everybody is just shooting off a ton their own yep um we went on a we usually go for a walk in the morning and today as we walked it was just like littered with you know the remnants of fireworks all over yep we went by one person's the end of their driveway and they had piled all of the boxes of used fireworks up at the end and and they had these massive like boxes the size of like a pizza box but super thick and you just light one fuse you know and then it'll boom shoot these huge ones up and i counted how many of those boxes they there were and how much the cost of each of those boxes were wow some math here some math because i'm like these people must spend there was at least 25 to three thousand dollars 2500 to three thousand dollars yeah 2500 to three thousand dollars worth of cardboard wow down here at the end of their driveway and i'm just like oh my gosh that's uh that's that's a lot lot of of money money. that's a a lot lot of of money just to light on fire but yes i like your tradition of of a movie um there was a couple of years there where I would try and watch The Patriot on okay. on okay. on Fourth of July or Fourth of July weekend. Probably not as easy um, to watch with your son, but okay. New, no, new, no, not at all. Um, and then I'm a big fan of the HBO series John Adams. Yes, we watched many of that together. Uh huh. Um, so I will often find myself. There's a particular scene. I think it's in the second or third episode where they pass the Declaration of Independence, and it's it's a pretty moving sequence. Um, so I always try and watch that episode, or at least that that segment. Um, I'm so surprised. I'm so surprised that Independence Day is not your go-to like every single year. It has everything. It's got it has your everything favorite I love. director. It's well, got you End of the it. World. Yes, you we watched, watched that July weekend. 3rd. And uh, it was primarily because someone had brought it up uh in a meeting earlier that week about how their favorite scene is uh, the president's speech in that and i think he actually came out and redid it it's a commercial i haven't seen it uh oh who did it for a commercial for spanx or something something just random it was really random um for sprite i think it was a hard seltzer or something like that of course it was that sounds about everything everything's hard hard seltzer seltzer right now yeah that should be. I I should add that one to the list. That's a really good one. We were about to rent what? it, and then Cole, then my wife was like, "Wait a minute! I think I have this on DVD." So it felt even more nostalgic because we were able to watch it on a lower quality. Yes, uh, kind of feels older. Yeah, that was great. Now, last year the big rage was Hamilton. Did, Did you, that come out on on Fourth of July? It came out on July third last year. My wife stayed up all night and waited till it came out and then watched it uh-huh. through the night. Um, that was a big deal for us. We were quite excited because we had only 
listen to the cast recording. So it was like, ooh, this is this is fun. Yep. This is exciting. Oh no, I well, definitely hey. remember. I, I definitely remember staying. Like I, I, I listened to it. And I had no context for anything other than what my wife had told me. So I was very like that. Yeah, that was a great experience last year being able to watch the actual thing. I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about. When the and then the things yeah. you can't like translate on audio, like the him foaming at uh, King George foaming at the mouth, which is my favorite character in Hamilton. He so is uh, easily my favorite. Well, and Jonathan Groff is just so good. I like him as Kristoff. Kristoff in Frozen. Mm-hmm. If we had listeners, we could uh, pause <laughs> and do a listener poll right now. And because uh, I would be interested if if we were to do a vote and see what would be uh, the go to Fourth of July movie. Yes. And we're we've got to be missing one, right? There's got to be a big. I was trying to I, think. I know one of the Die Hard sequels happens on a Fourth of July. Well, for I'm pretty. Is it is it the uh, Live Free or Die Hard? Is that the one that, that yeah, is on the, Fourth of July? Um, the Justin Long one. Yep. Bruce Willis has got to hate that, that it's referred to as the Justin Long one. Evidently. So here's just when I did popular Independence Day movies. We have uh, hmm. Independence Day. We have The Sandlot. A League of Their Own. 1776. Yeah. Miracle. Top Gun. Miracle? Captain America. Okay. The First Avenger. Um, the Patriot, National Treasure, American Tale, Hamilton, American Tale, Lincoln, Five-o. Air Force One. Hit Papa. The, now I just don't even know why people are Armageddon. That feels like <laughs> that feels like it should have been up there earlier. But Armageddon, whatever. written by who wrote Armageddon? Come on, JB. Well, I can just click on it right here and I can tell you in two seconds or you can just say it out loud. J.J. Well, Abrams. J.J. Abrams wrote it? hmm Wow. Man. Produced by, yeah, Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer. Incredible. Every great Incredible. screenwriter has to have that one credit where you're like, really? My favorite, M. Night Shyamalan wrote Stuart little yes that's a good one that's a really good one also uh i would have to say that uh i can't remember his name right now but the guy who wrote buffy the vampire slayer and the first avengers movie joss whedon is also the writer of toy story yes that's a good one too i remember talking about that in our our episode on on toy story well you know that we're always Whenever we drag out the beginning here, we're always a little reluctant to get to the actual movie that we're reviewing. So we're just going to drag this out a little bit longer. <laughs> I don't feel and quite the same the same way as I did last week. Last week was a was a low was a low mo- moment. That was painful. But anyways, so we're reviewing. <laughs> we're looking at. Uh, New movies coming out or new things coming to Disney Plus in July. I feel like more and more they're just stepping up their game to make Disney Plus uh, just constantly relevant. Um, Did you, I don't know if you heard, but apparently uh, releasing Loki on a Wednesday has just like 
blown through the roof the viewership in one time. Oh, nice. Well, probably because it's not on the weekend. Right. And so more and more, uh, it looks like they're going to consider Friday releases for new big stuff like that more and more. So, but yeah, we've, uh, you mentioned The Sandlot as a 4th of July movie. It came out on Disney Plus just on July 2nd. I guess that must have come to them in the uh, Fox acquisition. Um, And then this weekend, July 7th, we finally get the Monsters Incorporated or Monsters at Work series coming to Disney Plus. And they're going to do a one episode a week release, kind of like some of the the bigger stuff there. Uh, And then also this weekend, July or sorry, that's going to be July 7th. So Wednesday when this episode of our podcast releases. Um, And then we get a ton of shark stuff. I guess National Geographic is trying to match the Discovery Channel in shark content. Shark Um, Beach with Chris Hemsworth. uh Uh-huh. I don't even understand most of the stuff. (laughs) But there's Orca versus Great White. Uh, rogue shark when sharks attack world's biggest bull shark I mean it's how many uh, possible shark uh, things could we come up with but yes the croc that ate jaws what yes now we're just getting into the sci-fi channel shark attack shark gangs we bought a zoo. Oh, no, that's the Matt Damon movie. Uh, <laughs> world's deadliest sharks. Seriously, what is going on? How much, how much shark, shark content do they need? Files playing with sharks. I'm so confused right now. I'm so. I know. I know. Uh, we also have a new TV series. It is a reboot of the Tom Hanks classic Turner and Hooch. They are making a a whole series on that one. So that should be very interesting. That's coming out. Uh, We get new uh, Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, which is a big hit in our house. We love the new style of uh, Mickey cartoons. I know most people, it's like love it or hate it. There's like very little middle ground on that one. Yep. I see a lot of Gordon Ramsay in here in a new series. Is he taking over for what's his name? Who used to do that traveling cooking show? The Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Yeah, It kind of seems that way. This is like the, yeah, this is the third season. And I think a fourth season is, is coming out right now. Wow. Um, My wife loves this one Um, and it's pretty good. I've watched a few episodes with her. Interesting. Gordon Ramsay's just does everything. Yeah, he does. It's like how many times in a day can he be on on TV in one way or another? Well, I'm just very excited that we have. I know that we kind of previewed this a while back, but we now that Fast Nine has come out, we've got Black Widow coming out uh, this coming Friday. As you're listening to this, we are days away from the new, the first big Marvel film feature film coming out. In theaters, in like a year and a half. In a year and a half. It's been a crazy long time. Uh, what was the last one? Last one was that Spider Man, or was it? Mm-hmm. Um, yep, Spider Man: Far From Home. Far From Home, and then we uh, get, and then end of the month we get another Disney movie. Your favorite ride at Disneyland, Jungle Cruise. 
I am so excited for this movie. With the Rock. Um, I'm a little nervous just because anytime I get too excited for a movie, I'm often <laughs> let down. Um, did you see the whole Instagram war going on, war, quote unquote, between The Rock and Emily Blunt? No. Like they were going back and forth, releasing their own trailers uh, with themselves being the main character, oh, and then Emily would genius. release one. That's and then genius. they were just like making fun of each other back and forth with Instagram videos. That makes it's, me happy. That's the kind really of stuff I'm for. You know, you know, also a great Emily Blunt video a video to watch is her taking a lie detector. I don't know which which publication it was for, but it's on YouTube. It's Emily Blunt taking a lie detector, and they ask her in the middle of it uh, which which version of The Office is better. <laughs> I'll have to watch that. No, one of the funniest things that I've seen with this whole Jungle Cruise thing is there was like a uh, a promo video with The Rock and Emily Blunt like standing right next to each other, and uh, The Rock midway through answering a question or whatever pretends that Emily Blunt has just goosed him, and. Like, you know, squeezes his butt from behind and uh, and he's like, whoa, what did you know? She blushes and is like super. She's like, no, I didn't. I really I really didn't. And it's like right in the middle of something like super professional. I'm like, if this is their chemistry just in the promo stuff, I'm really looking forward to seeing how what the movie comes out to be. Wish that I could have rode the ride recently because like you know how like you're you're going up for a sequel or whatever and you gotta well you know they're changing it like they're they've revamped the the whole well um they're in the process of doing but i'm just saying like you normally like rewatch a series like if they're gonna do a new harry potter film you'd watch the old ones or whatever this feels like oh it'd be great to go on the ride then go watch this which is awesome because like at at disneyland um in california you can there's a there's an amc theater in downtown disney where you can you could go ride the ride and then you can go straight out to the amc right there uh and watch whatever the that would so that would have been a cool experience but granted i'm gonna just remember all the little nuggets from forever ago last time i I got for my birthday the uh jungle cruise game Ooh. which is it's a little complicated but it's a lot of fun we really like it it's and it's got all of Eddie, in other you, words jb it, would hate it exactly. i would love it if you have to start with hey we're gonna play a new game it's a little complicated i'm out i'm before you can finish <laughs> that sentence i'm out i'm out of i'm out of here so my sister taught me a new card game that you would love it's very simple straightforward what's it called play nine that sounds simple i like play that. nine We'll have to add that yep. to the next time I'm in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you love playing card games all the time. All the time. It makes my wife sad. But anyways, that's here nor there. Uh, we are here not to talk about Disney Plus or about fireworks and all of the things. We are here to talk about another Tim Burton film. We were coming back to Tim Burton a little bit uh, quite often here. Tim Burton-ish, right? It's produced... So we'll see. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you have some nuggets of wisdom for us. As we today talk about, in episode 43, this is about James and the Giant Peach. Cue the Disney sound effect. 
Okay, so IMDb description for James and the Giant Peach is thus. <laughs> okay. An orphan who lives with his two cruel ants befriends anthropomorphic bugs who live inside of a giant peach and they embark on a journey to New York City. Dot, dot, dot. Why would you put anthropomorphic in a slug line for a, like a major film? This, you No, you've lost, you've lost so many people by putting a word like that. That's a, it's a big, big word, big unnecessary word. You can Most just say Hebrew like friends, ant, massive ant, bugs. Bugs that act like humans. Boom. You don't have to say that. Just he befriends massive bugs. And it's like, what are you talking about? What didn't now you got me? Not anthropomorphic bugs. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we're not supposed to be saying stupid. That's a word we were trying to get my son to stop saying. So let me mm. if you're listening to this cat. Yeah, don't. But anyways, so, Eddie, Eddie. Was this a go-to movie in the Wagner household? No, I'm pretty sure I've never sat down and watched this entire thing before. This is my first time today doing that. How about you? Um, so uh, next week, I'll have to share a little bit more about this. But my um, niece and nephews have started listening to our podcast. And so they were asking me what uh, what movie we were reviewing next when we were hanging out over Fourth of July. And when I said James and the Giant Peach, my sister was like, "Oh, that movie uh, did did we I ever even finish that. that as a kid?" I can see Martha saying that. Oh, yeah. And I have to, yeah. I remember starting to watch this as a kid and turning it off. <laughs> what was it? What was it that made you so disgusted? Well, and let me let me just um, make a confession here now. Okay, I'm ready. Um, I'm ready. I'm your confessional booth right now. I did it again this time. Did you turn it off? This is the first movie you did in not 43 finish. episodes. I just wow. couldn't do it. I just what? couldn't get through it. What was going on? T- take us through the moment that you I, clicked off of this film. I just, um, I don't like the, and it's not even the stop motion or claymation. I, I enjoy that. It's, I was, I was doing, I actually found myself spending more time researching what is this genre and why don't I like it very much? Um, and from what I can find is it's like what they call like this macabre, right? Where it is very kind of death, um, oriented and just odd. It, it, I think even the line of anthrop anthropomorphic bugs, it's just such a a good encapsulation of it all. Like I even find myself... Um, especially the Tim Burton version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which is the same author, right? Raul Dahl. Like, I just, I just don't, these styles of stories and stuff like that, like, I don't like, I don't track with, with all. Is there any Tim Burton film that you like? 
Oh, for sure. Like I I love his um his Batman movies. Um I think they're they're really good. I loved Sweeney Todd and the Demon Barber. That's all um, about death. It's like it's it's Planet Tim of Burton. the Apes. I really liked Planet of the Wait, Apes. Wait, he I did thought, Planet of the Apes? Yeah, he did the one of the first ones and that was really good. Like before they did the the series. How old is that Planet of the Apes one then? His is really good. Um 2001 with Mark Wahlberg. I really like that one. Oh, and I love Edward Scissorhands. I think Edward Scissorhands is great. I'm so confused now. Oh, I've never seen this version. No, I haven't. What? I have, I have not seen. I've only seen the newer Planet of the Apes that is I like brilliantly. I own this version on DVD. That's how big of a, how much I enjoy it. So funny. The, the latest ones are incredible. I absolutely love them. Oh, maybe, for sure. Maybe, maybe for this, sure. Okay, good. I didn't know if we had to start a fight here or whatever. Oh, uh, no, 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 Miracle no. of All Miracles. Guess who's in in uh, Planet of the Apes? It's in every Tim Burton film. Helena yeah, Bonham Helen Carter. <laughs> She's in every single one of her uh, ex-husband's um, movies. So this is true. It's funny. Oh, there's uh, a lot of big people in there. Okay. So yeah, I just don't. I don't know what it is. The um, the whole feel and style. I just. So what was the what was the the last scene? That you were just like, and cut. I'm done. Um. Did you even I, get into the peach? Did you yes, get into the peach? Okay. In we're in the peach. We're floating down the ocean. And I'm just like. So you yeah, did You did not I get just, to um, the underwater anything. You didn't get to that part. No, I was doing a little bit of, you know, scrubbing and getting forward in it. And I'm just like. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I just can't do it. Like it, it's, it's different than like Homeward Bound where I'm going, yeah, this is boring. I'm uninterested, but I can at least sit here and do something else while I'm watching it. This, I'm just, I just, I just want it off. I just want it off. I don't want to. That's yeah, so funny. It's such a a weird reaction to it all. Like I find the boy annoying. I found the the Aww. um the ants annoying. See, I loved My Name is James. That song is so sad and so like heart. Like, I just want all the best things for this little kid, and he's in the worst situation possible. You're right, his ants are so gruesome. They kind of uh, I I was w- trying to watch this on my laptop. While my son was sitting next to me and then eventually he started looking across and then he got really engaged in it. And so then I had to like take off my headphones and like unplug it. So then he could watch alongside of me. But when the ants come back near the end, she, he, he was like, Oh, I don't like these people. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. And I know this is supposed to be, um, I mean, what is even the term? Cause it's not like pure, is it allegory? Is it, um, you know, I, I'm, what do you mean, allegory? Why, why, why do you? Well, I mean, his parents were not killed by a rhino. Oh, that's yeah. I was, I definitely didn't have enough time to look into what were they meaning by rhino. Is rhino short for something? Right. I, that was like a very weird out of left field thing to say. Your parents got uh, killed by a rhino. The rhino does show up back later on and try to take him out. 
um, and is unsuccessful. Spoiler alert, you've had time to watch this, but no, for me, I was I was I was on the fence uh, because for about half the movie, I was like, I'm going to go through this. It, what kept me going was just the intricacy of the typical Tim Burton claymation stuff where it's like, man, he spent so much time designing these things. And even the fence that's like making up the staircase around it and inside of it. There's so many like little details. They've he has this like dream in the middle of it. The boy does. And his uh, ants come out to attack him. And one of his ants is named Sponge. Or Spongy or something like that. And she's sponge made of sponge in it. And there's like little yeah. details like that. But the big moment, and you missed it. You didn't stay long enough, Eddie. Where they get lost. And they all come after the centipede. And they're all just like, you said you knew what you are doing. And it's like, well, I was really stuck between two pages of National Geographic. And that's my that's my traveling experience. Uh <laughs> So they're, they're like, oh, man, we're lost. We need a compass or something. And they look down, and there are ships in the icy frozen water. And the centipede dives in to save the everybody uh, and does this heroic act. And when he goes down there, he's down there in trying to grab this uh, compass. And then the skeletons comes up. And Jack Skellington, a, like basically Ooh. a lookalike Jack Skellington, yeah. is fighting him. There's all this underwater stuff. The the um the spider and and jack uh J and james fly in there to help him too it's a very heroic scene and they all come back out just a bigger sense of camaraderie and togetherness and i thought it was the the scene that kind of kept it going to the very end and i'm sorry that you didn't get to see that moment i'm sorry that it sucked too, too much before you could actually get to that moment because for me that's where i was like i'm in the rest of this film whatever's gonna happen i'm fully on board um the rest of the way from there you also missed randy newman's uh um going down in history song at the very end um i but. mean randy newman is probably the bright spot of this movie for me i do like <laughs> randy newman's scores it is interesting you can definitely i don't think you can tell it as much in um tim burton's now films the the, the, the last string of films he's done but you can definitely feel all over his first round of films this sense of like, like he's picking projects that are very much like, it's almost like he's trying to get back at the world for telling him to not be so creative and just do it. So one of the one of the lines in here is, get these stupid dreams out of your head and get back to work. I feel like mm -hmm. that was taken from an exact, whether or not that was actually in the Roald Dahl um, book itself, which is which this is based off of, um, it seems like he was set selling a point of like the whole thing is about no dream and it can happen dream. It can happen. Just say goodbye to everybody else. Um, but it's interesting. This uh, Edward Scissorhands. I know he like wrote that based off of the fact that he felt like he had these long fingers. I wouldn't made fun of him for um, yeah. the same thing with, uh, but you were saying that he was not as much a part of this, probably the same length as he was with um, nightmare before Christmas. Is that right? Yeah, from what I can see, he was just the producer on it. Okay. Um, you know, that the, the um, uh, who was the guy? Yeah, the director, Henry Selick, that it kind of was a little bit more of his brainchild and okay. major project. Okay, so ignore everything that I said. <laughs> um. And he was, I believe, the same director. Yeah, he was the one who directed The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, so, so same team, same group. 
same same team, same group, um, producers, everything. So what it, it seems like is very similar to that one, Brainchild of Tim Burton, but he's busy on some much bigger Hollywood like stuff. Yeah, uh, like Batman, and this team carries it out like um like happened before. So yeah. I, I felt like there was a lot of lot of little things that I I there's a lot of dialogue things that I, I really enjoyed in this. Um uh where, I, I love the art direction. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, um, it is not the the stop motion. It's not even the 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 style of the stop motion. There's just something about dolls' stories that I just can't stand. So you're not a so I I when I saw Royal Doll in the credits, I was like, oh, let me go back and see. I because I didn't realize this was well, this is one of his stories, uh, and it he's got the big friendly giant, which I tried four or five times to try to do the the Spielberg one, and it was horrible. 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 Turned that one off too. I could. So I tried three or four times. Yeah. And nope, couldn't make it. Nope. We also got Charlie and Chaco Factory, Matilda, which is a turned classic. that one. I turned that one off too. Couldn't stand Matilda. Eddie, that was one of my favorite. That was one of my favorites from my childhood. But then Mr. The the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Never seen it. Never saw that one either. That was mm-hmm. um uh who's the director? He does everything like symmetrical, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, stuff like that. I've heard very good things about it, but yeah. No, the, I thought the witches. I, this the they just did a remake of it. Okay. The witches with um, what's her name? Several people who were just in this. Sorry. Oh, it was so big. I the, so what I was saying before, I I like there was a lot of dialogue things happening with the ants. Oh that yeah, Robert quickly Zemeckis. Through. Robert yeah, Zemeckis. Um. Or so so first off with uh, I don't even know what they call him. The guy who gives him the glow worms that give him the ability. Uh, when he's talking about the way that they're made with a thousand crocodile tongues and stuff like that, uh, he also, uh, he says, you're miserable, aren't you, James? <laughs> like, there's things like that. Um, uh, and he's like, whatever you do, don't lose them. Which, of course, means that, of course, he's going to and he falls over immediately and, and does it. Uh, when the ants are chasing him down and it's like, beat him, Spongy. And she says, oh, it's too early to be doing this. It's a good thing that that happened because we won't kill you. Like, there's just like little back and forth things that are happening that I enjoyed. Um, uh, when they're taking the tickets from the kids and there's like admission refused. This child has too many cheeky ideas, and then like, like rips it up. Um, uh, marvelous things will happen. When you, do you say marvelous pigs in satin? Like, there's just like these little. Oh, and then the, then the worm. They took a shovel to my brother. Cut him right in the middle. Now I have two half I have two brothers. brothers. Like, I did catch that. There's one. just like little back and forth things. I couldn't even write him. Oh, the when the centipede jumps into the water, he goes, "No, he's committed pesticide." <laughs> like <laughs> there's certain things like that that I just I enjoyed the the the, the the humor in it that I'm sure was above a lot of um, little kids' heads as they were watching this. Um, in general, I, like I said, once it got up to that moment where the, where a centipede jumps in. Uh, up until then, I was kind of on the fence, like, uh, I don't know if I'm digging this. And that kind of took it over. The story took a, took a turn that I really loved um, all the way through to the end. But I get it. If you didn't get to that point and the movie doesn't hold you up to that, of course, you're, it was a failure of a movie for if you're watching that. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm really happy for you. I feel like the tables have turned on any... 
dog movie of any horse movie <laughs> of all of those other ones. Cause I, I wasn't like excited about this film and I didn't think I would, I, and I wouldn't say I love it. I don't think I'm going to be super generous on the grading of this, but I went going like, that surprised me. Surprised me. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is. So, I mean, there was a, a few of the lines that you pulled out there. Were, I, I, I had moments where I'm, I, tried don't get me wrong like i i did give it a full concerted effort but it was just um you gave it the college try and and it must be a dull thing because i mean we just went through the list like i just haven't connected with I'm so surprised any you didn't like matilda matilda was I'm now that's been you. a long time so maybe i could try matilda again that was a rewatch that, that was a that was a heavy rewatchable but yeah. Any other final parting words you have for before we go? Because evidently you were you were just like backpacked. You look at like you're walking slightly closer to the door. Like I'm I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> um. So there is a very interesting story. Um. Did you know that there was a musical made, like a Broadway musical made over James and the Giant Peach? It never made it to Broadway. Wow. Um. That just kind of shows the quality of the story, I guess. <laughs> um, but it is produced by children's theaters all around the United States. It came out in 2010. Um, and it was um, created by a young and up-and-coming duo by the name of Binge Pasek and Justin Paul. You may have heard them they did things like La La Land, The Greatest Showman, Wow, Dear Evan Hansen, The New Aladdin. Um, this was more or less their very first credit. Wow. And they used this, even though it really hadn't hit or taken off or anything, they went around telling producers in Hollywood, oh yeah, we wrote the Broadway musical James and the Giant Peach. And they were all like, oh, wow, okay, that's really cool, you know? But it had never really hit, and that's how they got things like La La Land, which took off. That's crazy. Well, there you so go. That was the... That's my one little, you know, nugget of useless information when it comes to James and the Giant Peach. And speaking of one, I'm guessing that's going to be your rating for this, for this, even if you get to one out of five. Well, I, I had this contemplation of like. How can you not finish a film and give it more than a one? Well, I was my contemplation was in that my contemplation was, am I am I allowed to give it less than a one? No, one one is it. we've there's is been the lowest. So, there's so many that I would have given lower than a one. Really? There are maybe a couple that I probably would have given. Less than a one. <laughs> it's there's there's no zero stars. There's no half a star. It like starts give at one. Half half a fruit snack. No. Can no. I like take a bite of it and then you have press personally the- eaten four of them and you there's one left because the teacher grabbed it and said you have to put in one. The, you have to pay the tax to be on the show. <laughs> Can I do like the um like the orange flavored? fruit snack one fruit snack i'm not wasting any berry flavored fruit snacks yeah you can you can you can choose the one that you want you can okay 
You can choose the yellow Starburst if you want to. That's so I put the I put the orange flavored fruit snack. My one I give okay. it one fruit snack, but it's an orange flavored. Well, one. now now I want to go and I want to go have fruit snacks. Now I wish I had a pile <laughs> of them here. I on, have a whole that. box upstairs. Yeah. So my big my big thing is how excited am I to watch this again? I, I think so. I I don't know what I gave um the uh nightmare before christmas the 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 tone of it was i felt even darker than this like it like so intense sure so for the fact that it wasn't nearly as intense as that and i was like you know what was surprised at at, at enjoying my time with it i'm gonna give it a two i i hope that's more than what i gave um i feel like i gave it a one and a half for the for the night before christmas um i'm gonna say a two i was gonna say two and a half but i think i'm just gonna go with two i think that's fine speaking of which i have some bad news for your october trip what should i say it out loud say it out loud break break it off they are bringing the nightmare before christmas overlay to the haunted mansion i thought they weren't they said they, they weren't. Are. They are. They they told us, they promised us. I know. That they weren't going to do this and they changed their mind. I know. I literally yelled out loud when I saw it just for you. Like just I just felt your pain. It, it's, well, it's not my pain. It's my wife's it's, pain. It's your wife's pain. Um, And I didn't have the heart to to like usually something like that like i would text you guys or put it on our you were, our thread. You were break your and, heart was breaking for us and i was just like i don't i don't want to be the one to share this but yes i saw a couple of things on twitter hopefully it's wrong like i'm i'm i i hope walt rises from the grave and stops this for you but he won't You're searching this right now. <laughs> I am. I'm letting my wife know right now. We will see what she uh, responds back if she doesn't crash her car in the middle of the road from just yeah. dismay. Yeah. But that's but, a, that's a sad note to end this on. We should we should kind of lift it up a little bit before uh, before we leave our listeners um, hanging in in sadness about about the, our ratings and stuff like that. Well, so I gave it one. You gave it. Two. What was your official two? two. Okay. Um, next episode, we review, uh, another Disney animated musical, the hunchback of Notre Dame, Mm. which is, uh, an epic. I I feel like this is, this starts Disney animation really swinging for it, really trying new adventurous things. I'm excited about this one. This is a good, this is, this is one of the ones it's not like. It's not in the land of Lion King, where it's the first thing right. rolling off the tip of your tongue of 90s animated films. But when you bring it up, it's go like, oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hunchback yeah. came out. Hunchback. Yeah. And this is, if anyone knows anything about the Hunchback of Notre Dame, it's probably because of this movie, which may or may not be right. uh, historically accurate. But right. anyways, no, but that's what we got uh, cooked up for next week. Uh, Thanks for listening to another episode of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. And please 
go on and subscribe. We've, we got the show that you can watch on YouTube. You can watch us bickering back and forth at times. Uh, or we have talk the- Talk with po- our hands. Yes, a lot of talking with your hands for Eddie. Uh, but then also we've got this on uh, all wherever you get podcasts at. Uh, you can go to honeywemade.com slash movies and look at all the movies we have coming up, including The Hunchback of Notre Dame next week. And if you see a movie in there and you're like, I don't think that's actually on Disney+, Plus, please let us know so we can- <laughs> make plans accordingly so we don't get um, stuck up a creek. Caught again. Yep. But thanks for listening to this episode. <laughs>